0: Oh, Recorded live. Hey everybody, welcome to the group call for the Main Matrix Discussion Group here at Tactical Sovereignty, Sunday, the first day of the week, not the seventh, and we were just having a little bit of a chit-chat before the call here, and we're just going to kind of continue in with that. Uh, I had a ton of guests that would be coming on, so like I said, it's expensive, not totally sure if he's going to show up or not, I hope that he does. But uh, if not, there will be plenty of info brought forward anyway. So anyway, with that being said, uh, Walt was just talking about situations with uh, human trafficking that has actually really occurred, violations of the EDHr, and I'll let you continue with that if you want, Walt.
1: Uh, yeah, um, the way that we know that we've been trafficked into a state within a state has to do with the constitution the constitution when they say um state of illinois constitution or whatever state you're from um, they've changed the verbiage of that and it was uh, changed to illinois state constitution or illinois constitution instead of uh, a state of illinois constitution and the of is uh, specifically indicative of uh, a different creature um, actually they deny us our nationality they trafficked us from the original state into that creature that was developed the state within the state that uh, they brought all of our names over into it and we have become an alien resident within that state of in, uh, in the state <clears throat> and that right there is considered human trafficking um, and then when it comes to the um, being like a member to them, if we were to join their PMA, Private Membership Association, or be a member of their group, then we would have a, what they call that's written into their codes, which is remedy and recourse. But only those that are employed or a member of, employed by the state, have that ability to gain or seek remedy and recourse. And uh, the PMA that has been established within this government here, I'm looking at a document right now that's uh, been an act is what it is, that's been uh, passed so it became a law. It's called the Private Membership Association Classification Act of 2017 and it has some uh, standards. It's got a subject matter. The subject matter of a private membership association is the style slash definition of the family name. They have regulations, penalties of the act. Regulations is as uh, this. um, Classification of the term last name, surname, or by name is hereby classified as a private membership association. Now, the definition classification is the last name, surname, and by name is a pronoun, thereby not to be defined as an adjective or verb by non-members. And now the regulatory act of it is the aforementioned pronoun is a private membership association whereby membership is by way of inheritance, bloodline, and hereditary. And the style of the pronoun, with the intent to change its definition is notwithstanding unless redefined by the members for specific purposes and scopes for the benefit of the members. So if they try to change what our name means to us, it's notwithstanding. And if they try to attempt to engage with us to try and change the meaning of our names, uh, it comes with a seven hundred fifty thousand um, dollar human rights violation, and at e- each incident that they violate your right, it adds up seven hundred fifty, seven hundred fifty, seven hundred fifty. It just keeps going up for every right that's been violated, and that's uh, what I really wanted to express to the people that uh, the folks on the call about what a PMA is, what the act is considered to be and how we were trafficked over into the state of uh, the state within a state and uh, they have denied us another one of the human rights uh, violations denied us a nationality
2: hello yep hey how you doing hi
3: um oh okay so um the nationality thing is it? did you say uh pma do do we did we sign up to be in the pma unwillingly or unknowingly
1: no you don't sign up for it you have to uh, initiate it uh, initiate your own private membership association by taking the name that occurs on the birth certificate in the all-cap form and you fill out a form uh, within this government, the United United States of America, under the Articles Uh of Confederation. Um, There's a place you come to where you can fill out your own PMA and you take the all-cap style, you put your first, middle, last name there or whatever your name incurs, comma space and then a capital pma and when you do that and they publish it in the international paper under uh public notice law uh, legal notices and then three days later if it hasn't been contested then um you have uh successfully created your own private membership association now earlier no, really?
4: should
3: I'm sorry. What what is the um the international paper? I need to write that down. Do you have a name of it?
1: Well, um, what I'll do is I will drop a link into the um, chat room. Are you on a computer to get the link?
3: Um, my phone.
1: Oh, okay. Well, and, uh I'll drop the link in the chat room uh, as well as tell you about the link. It's called okay. the um, uh, Herald News. Is what it's called. Herald News. I'll get that uh that, what that link for you. Just give me a second. I've got okay. To get to it Okay, here we go.
4: All right.
2: Okay, it's uh the link is a
1: uh dot org. And that's just where your stuff's been it, it's posted at. There's another link that uh, also things get posted at is the um, Reign of the Heavens Society post, and it's reignoftheheavens.com of the Heavens with an S dot com, and that'll take you straight to the uh, posting part of it.
3: Now, can I ask a question about Reign of the Heavens? Because I think I was on that website before. And it's, um, it's, is that with the postmaster general? Is that the real United States, um, America, um, the United States for America, the reign of the heavens? Uh,
1: yeah, they're part of them. They're, they're all tied in together. Yes.
0: Okay. <sighs> and Cheyenne asked a question in the, uh, chat regarding the amount of money that's allotted, uh, and she said to the governors, you know, for each child that's born. Um, actually, I've read over that a couple times, and unfortunately I've never saved the actual spot where it's located at. It's probably somewhere within the um, Social Security uh, information. And what it really is, uh, from my recollection, is X amount of money is allotted to each state. And if I remember correctly, it's kind of uh, per capita. Uh, So it kind of judges from per capita how many children will be born, et cetera, et cetera, uh, to help make them Social Security compliant, uh, which we really actually kind of know what that money really is, you know, uh, which Mm -hmm. is basically per capita, um, uh, the head of each child born uh, in an allotment of X amount. So that's somewhere... Somewhere in the Social Security Administration for that info.
1: So it goes by the population of the uh, births within the state. Okay. Essentially, yeah.
0: It, it it really goes by the population of the state, but what that's doing is just kind of estimating uh, the amount of children that will be born there.
1: Somebody also dropped in the chat that Texas Y in 1868 talks about the two states within a state, the state within a state. So somebody else has heard about that as well.
0: It's well, you do know, do. It's, right out, I was gonna say, it's right out in front of your face because when they say state of, well, you're talking about two different entities when, when you put it that way. Instead yep. of just saying oh, Illinois state or Florida state, you know, and, and now we've been tricked into when you hear Florida State, we, don't, we think it's a college. <laughs> you know what I mean?
4: <laughs>
0: but <laughs> well, I mean, if the, if the state itself really is Florida, it should be called and originally was Florida State. You know, now, when you start saying state of, you're actually throwing two totally different entities into there. And it's just kind of a little bit of their trickery that they do. Which, uh, right, they're, um, they're
3: saying. Sorry, go ahead.
0: All right. That's the say by corporate policy, that's how they have to set things up to be able to administrate things from a corporate standpoint. And okay. it's the same way with what Walt was talking about with the trafficking in persons, uh, uh, the office of person really is established if you go to Title I and read through Title I, right in the beginning, they established essentially the office of person. You know And it's kind of funny that you go further, go to Title 22. And that addresses the trafficking in persons. And when they're talking about that, it's really not um, the flesh and blood man and woman that they're referring to when they're talking about persons. So when they're talking about persons, they're talking about um, that organization, that corporate entity that was created. that is kind of a pass-through used for um, the company uh, to be able to contract and do business with the flesh and blood man and woman.
1: It's a conduit.
0: Yeah, it's a conduit. Yeah, exactly.
4: Wait,
2: a of Go ahead. Oh, okay, I was
3: going to say, I was going to elaborate on what he said about what he said about the state. When they say the state of, um, when they say the state of, it's the like state of being. So in other words, they're saying the state of New Jersey. Now, Jersey is in England it's a, a town i don't know how they refer to their places in england but jersey is a place in england so when they say the state of for an example new jersey they're saying that um the territory that they're on is acting as a state the state of jersey which is in england or if they say um the state of um, i don't know i'm just going by the 13 colonies is the the state of virginia they're acting as a place that's in England. So uh, when, when you say a state of something, that's only a way of describing the um, the form or the way it's operating. Do, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I kind of do. You're trying to distinguish between the geographical location of the state and the name of it, and then the creature of the state, the state within a state that was created by the change of the name.
3: Right, because we're, we're actually the estate. We are the estate. They take the E off and leave it as state. The whole thing is, is the state is actually the land. This is so hard to describe. Um, you are the estate. Does, does that make
4: sense? <laughs> well, you
2: got – the way I've
0: always understood it and the way it was shown to me is you have to – the state of, say you say the state of Florida, okay? When well, you talking mm-hmm. the state of Florida, the state of Missouri, you're talking about the capital and you're talking about a corporation. You're talking about a corporate entity. Now, if you just say Missouri, you're talking about a territory. You're talking about the land. Does that right, make sense? right, right. Right, so
3: exactly. That's where, that's where right.
0: you, you know, that's where you separate the two. You know, you're talking about, you're talking about something that's a fiction, that's a corporation, and then you just say just the just the the name of the the state, you know, Missouri or Florida, that's the physical territory. And
3: actually the word of isn't even recognized in the English language. If you look at a um a, a paragraph or did this I don't know where it was that did this but you look at a paragraph and it asks you how many um letters Or um, how many words have the letter O in it? And you'll look over the of every time because of isn't really natural to human beings. It's only natural to a corporation. So whenever they say
2: it's a state of, I think just know that it's a state of acting as a corporate entity. So the whole thing is an act. Oh, well, you
0: mean as an actor acting?
3: Yeah, that's why when you have go go on the web your state website. Well, that's Washington D.C. As it's basically it's
2: D.C. Act, I mean, it's like a play. It's it's all Shakespeare.
3: Right. Right.
2: It's all smoke and mirrors. So.
3: Yep, everything's an act, and they don't hide it from you. They say it when you know acting attorney general, acting governor, acting this, acting that. It's because it's 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 uh, they're taking over the the government here that's not operable that's asleep for the moment. Right. Mm-hmm. The people Playing are asleep, house. so they're not able to act as the government. So there's another entity that's taken over until we wake up.
1: It's right. a private corporation. Oh, private. We can't mm-hmm. access it unless we have uh you know been asked to be part of it.
2: Right.
3: But they force us into it anyway, right?
1: <laughs> well, they trick us. And right. the truth is kind of like a force. Of course, it starts when our parents sign us up and all that. We become the agent for the agency that was created, an organization became organized. And when you do your PMA, you take control of that entity to do with what you want. You become self-governing. Mm-hmm.
3: I wanted to ask I don't know if any of you know about uh, what this new thing is. It seems like people are trying to stop people from using their social security number and what what do you think of that? What what does everyone think of that?
1: Talk about routing number, social security number, Federal Reserve accounts, all that stuff.
3: Well, about like uh just turning resigning, resending your social security number, just get doing away with it.
1: Now, the only way you can actually do away with any of these adhesion contracts on the side that you're talking about is to mm-hmm. claim a nationality. Nobody that I know hardly ever has claimed a nationality, or I have in,
3: exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh,
1: a resident declaration is what it's it's called, and right. um, if you've done that with this government,
3: yeah, I've done it, uh, and I I do it. I guess I could say I do it formally. I just let whoever I know and con- that I come in contact with, um, or whoever tries to um,
4: diminish,
3: or, huh?
1: Whoever tries to engage with you,
3: yeah, or or try to yeah engage with me or anything like that. I just let them know um, my national status and as an indigenous person here, and. Um, that's it. But then they, you know, they stay quiet and they still, hmm, it's hard. Like, I'm having a problem with the housing situation where um, they've dominated all of housing.
1: Yeah. Even your so, own property uh, just becomes yeah. their property and you're living in a housing project, living in your own home that you paid for.
3: Exactly. <laughs> and then you're renting it at, at the same time because... When you, when you pay taxes, uh, you know, for so long that it goes up and then they end up, you know, taxing you out of your own property.
1: Yeah, your income doesn't go up, but the property taxes, the insurance um, and the payments end up going up exponentially year by year and pretty soon your income and your payments are going to meet head on and you're not going to have enough to carry your expenses.
3: Right, and the trick is, too, with saying residential residential is another word for commercial it's also a commercial entity and that's another way they get people by registering their properties as residential
1: yeah over here you have a resident ID if you've done Mm -hmm. the uh, um, the uh, nationality claim you had to generate a resident ID and a NAC address the NAC address Mm -hmm. separates you from the federal jurisdiction uh, zip code zone and you step into a NAC Uh, natural address Um, what was that last term or NAC I can't remember the full term of that but
3: yeah uh, I know what you're talking about I tried to do that too and it did for some reason it didn't let me do that that's uh, the NAT code forgot which website that was on
1: NAT code generator you go to uh, the resident declaration page and uh, you scroll down and above the video there's a link and uh, you click on that and you put your address in there no name just your address your number your street your city your your state and your zip code and hit map it it maps and then it shows a picture over your house and if it doesn't come up over your house you click on your house that you see in the um, map and it generates the r- proper number for your property
3: okay yeah i think i got that far and i forgot there was something
2: that deterred me from finishing the process, and I don't even remember what that is now. see. Somebody
1: says, uh, somebody asked, where is the 750 coming from? Where is the 750K coming from? Um, that's the, um, I think uh, that's uh, Part Poet 2012. That's the um, value of each human right violation that was set by this government. Um, we have intangible uh, rights, property rights, and um, tangible property rights, and they're considered to be your intellectual property rights. And those are uh, HDR, uh, Universal Declaration of Human Rights violations, it says right in there. And anytime one of the rights are violated, Each instance is a um, uh, $750,000 violation. uh, Vile, yeah, um, uh, value, value. That's the word I was looking for. A $750,000 value, that's where that's coming from. It's the value they set on each one of the rights that's been violated.
3: And could you list those rights again? I heard you say intangible, tangible.
1: Um, Tangible things, tangible property rights are like the things you can touch, um, like your car, your home, your computer, you know, all your goods. Intangible uh, rights are the things that you can't smell, touch, taste, feel, or or hear. It's like uh, you travel on the road. You have a right to travel on that road without you know, having to have a license. And that's called an intangible property right. Um, say, for instance, an example. I heard this last night on a call from Keith, and he's pretty knowledgeable. Say, for instance, you got two cars identical sitting in the parking lot, and you go into Walmart, and you come out, and you get ready to get into somebody else's car. And you, um, at that point, when you try to enter somebody else's car that looks just like yours, um, you have violated their intangible property rights and you've committed a trespass on their intangible rights. That's the vehicle. The vehicle is a tangible property and it also carries the title of intangible rights. That means um, whenever you try to break into their car or their home, you violated their tangible and intangible rights. So that's two occurrence, $750,000 each. Um, not to say that anybody would do that on purpose,
0: I like to think of your intangible rights. Um, best way, really, to explain it is your right of use, your right to be able to use something or practice something.
1: Very good. Thank that's you. An,
0: that's an intangible right. Yeah, and which this all really goes back to usufruct, and uh, which is your, the right of use, the right of use of the fruits of either uh, your labor or uh, something designated for you. And originally, the creator put everybody here, and we all had that intangible right of use. Uh, that, that was the original usufruct. And we were supposed to take care of the lands and uh, to, um, keep it the way it was, or, or at least even make it better, you know, but not mm-hmm. disgrace any of it. And what essentially has happened is um, the uh, man's system has come in, kicked God out of the way. And they say, okay, you've got the right to use now. We'll give you that right, but now you have to pay us for it. Well, you know, we didn't have to pay anything to the Creator for the use of this land. It was given to us freely.
1: But yeah, um, just, they, they,
0: they looked at that and said, hey, there's money to be made here. <laughs>
1: yeah, it doesn't right. belong to right. us. None, none of this belongs to us. This all belongs to the Creator. So own nothing but control everything. And we can't go around saying, oh, this is my car and I own it. No, it belongs to the creator. Whether we put it together and and made it or come up with the idea to uh, travel in it, it's still the um, minerals that it was made from belongs to the creator. So we own nothing, but we control everything.
3: Right. I see. I see. Now, Mm -hmm. may I? Go
2: ahead.
5: I know that this is Rebecca on Nevada. Uh, earlier you were talking about the NAC, and I just wanted to uh, inform the group that that stands for the natural area code. That's what that Thank NAC stands for. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And just a, another finer point on and intangible. Intangible, um, we have... It's something that can't be... Hell, it's not physical, it can't be. You can't hold it. You can't touch it. A right is intangible, like you were explaining earlier. So that's just a intellectual property. Um, oftentimes, is something you can't touch. <laughs> you know, when you create a piece of music or something, that's an intangible thing. It's in your mind. So, that's just a finer point, to refinement on that term.
3: You know, so, could we say an intangible? An intangible right is the right to lives in the home or, you know, a right to exercise your inalienable rights? Is that, what you say that was the same? Mm.
1: More like you have the right already that was given to you by the creator of use right. to use this right. thing. That's basically what it is. I mean, we have dominion over the earth is what he told us, uh, mm-hmm. not over each other.
2: I think it's kind of funny
0: if you go back uh, even to the uh, Clinton administration and, uh, you know, also it, you look at all the different presidencies and they're called administrations, and there's a reason for it because they're administrating a bankruptcy. <laughs> and That's where that word administrate comes from. Anyway, uh, go back even to the Clinton time, and there was, uh, I think, a Marriage Act or something that he did. And it, since then, that really kind of got the ball rolling, um, for the state to take over other intangible rights, which one of the, the biggest intangible rights there is, not the biggest, is love. You have the right to love, you know, the way you want, who you want, whatever, you know, that was given to us by the creator. Uh, that's an intangible right. You can't see, touch, taste, or feel. But that uh, now that the state's been trying to step in and administrate that, you know, through... Uh, who, who can marry who, and things like that. I, I think that's really funny. You know, that, oh, man, you know, you're gone, right about that. They've gone after all the physical property. Now they're going after the intangible property
1: also.
4: <laughs> right,
0: right.
1: Yeah, because you've got to have a marriage license. You can't get married without a license. Yep, that's your intangible right right there, the right to have a family, the right to marry, um, and on and on.
0: And there's absolutely no requirement to get a license from the state to be able to do those things either. But for some reason, uh, over like the last 100 years or so, everybody's mind has just gotten morphed into thinking that you've got to include the state in on this. I I had uh, somebody at work the other day that that was asking me, you know, that if their previous husband had never signed um, the papers that they were served for the divorce, you know, how long it would take for the state to declare them divorced, you know. And I just thought, gosh, it's so funny. Everybody is, their mind has been so controlled to worry about the state and what's the state going to do and how's the state going to take care of this and take care of that, (laughs) you know, rather than just resolving things in their own mind. For some reason, they don't feel the solidity of it if it hasn't been done by the state. And it just amazes me
1: asking the state for permission for this, permission for that. Can I do this? Can I do that?
2: Yeah, anything you have to ask permission for
3: lets you know that, you know, they're still practicing slavery.
4: It's just slavery. Yep.
3: Right. Because the things that they ask us to um, register and ask permission for are already – Inalienable rights, and um, some of them are things that um, that are le- that are lawful, but they turn they legalize them, and you know, make us have to go to them for certifications for everything.
1: Yeah, all yeah, like uh, this is
0: just the permission to do something that would otherwise be illegal. Right. Right. Yep.
1: It's illegal what they're doing. Now we got to ask permission to be part of that uh, criminal activity.
0: <laughs> you know, I think it would really be interesting. You know, if somebody was going through divorce in, in divorce court or whatever, and getting a ruling from uh, the administrator there, the so-called judge, if they would ask at the same time you know, or enter into their pleadings that you know, not are they just wanting to like. Divorce John Doe over here, or whatever. But also, could I kind of tie in? I would like to divorce the state. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, <laughs> never thought of that. Never thought of that, Goody and Brian.
0: Because it is a uh, three-way uh, mananstwa if you want to put it that
1: way that you've yes. entered into.
0: You've entered it. You've entered into a nasty three-way contract there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Instead of marrying each other, we married the state. And I think when that uh, divorce decree comes through, that that uh, separates you also from the state. You know, in the background, not on the paperwork, but in the background, it does.
0: Yeah, you know, I've I've never been married, but maybe it would be funny just to go in and uh, file for a divorce. <laughs> so, oh, son, you know what state. I think
4: they're
3: doing with that? <laughs> I, I think there's a science You see, they're so sneaky I, Now when you when we were, both were just talking And I just thought of the All-seeing eye and the the uh, Triangle, which is, seems to be everywhere Now, you know, the pyramids. So I think that's what The third party in the marriage is for Is to have an all-seeing eye See, they worship that All-seeing eye, the pyramids.
2: Yeah, the oh. eye of horse
3: um, yeah, the yes, I, of course, right. that's it. So that's, yeah, that's right. who the church acts as in your marriage. I, that's what I believe. Yeah. Well,
0: I I
4: mean,
0: one, of the, so one of the things with that all saying i also people need to pay attention to is you see it used in a lot of different places and different things. And you get to understand or comprehend the nature of what the, whatever organization is that is using that. You have to look at that eye of horse and see which eye is being used, because sometimes it's the right eye and sometimes the left. It's the left eye. But one eye is the masculine; the other eye is the feminine.
1: Yeah, and it's all. And the men are the only ones that carry both the X and Y chromosome. The women only carry the one chromosome, which is the female chromosome. But the man can, carries both male and female chromosomes. Hmm.
0: I think that's really a lot of what the scripture was talking about when it was talking about um, the female being submissive. You know, it was really, you know, you've got your emotional side and then you've got more of your calculating, your thinking side. And the the female more of the emotional side needs to be kept in check because, you know, everything that we ever do when we act out of... um, Anger, or whatever the case may be, when we act out of our emotions, it seems like everything we do in those situations gets screwed up. <laughs> Something always goes wrong. You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, the scientific, scientific fact, Brian. Scientific fact. That they've taken and studied this uh, in uh, these uh, machine that shows the firing of the brain. Um, women both hemispheres uh, their emotional side and their thinking side fire at the same time but then in a man uh, only one hemisphere fires at a time he's either thinking right or thinking or he's emotional um and that's why they say that mo- a lot of men tend to once they get emotional uh, it's over with. now he's just going to have to calm down women They can be upset and then be mad and angry and controlling emotions at the same time because they have the ability for both sides of the brain to fire at the same time. Men's don't work that way.
4: Hmm. Interesting.
0: You know, that really would explain a lot right there because that tells me how come guys go to sleep after sex. Because we're trying to think, (laughs) (laughs) we're trying to be emotional, and we're trying to think, and our brains are going back and forth, and it's having a firing war inside of itself, and it's wiped out afterwards.
1: Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go, go eat and goes to sleep. Yeah, and so you go out. Night.
2: Try being a Gemini. What did you say? I said try being a Gemini. Oh, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, uh, you know, and myself, it's all on how much weight that you really want to play into those 12 gods of the zodiac signs, too. Right. And there again, you've got your example of 12, just like the 12 disciples, the 12 reserve banks, the 12 months of the year, it, you know. Right. You look at where they've used all these things over and over and over again. And it, to me, it seems like it, it, you pick up a newspaper and you read um, the signs, you know, what, what's Virgo's sign today or I'm supposed to lay uh, Scorpio. You read what Scorpio's sign is supposed to be, what the day's events are supposed to be like, whatever. It, it almost seems like, you know, if you went and kind of just erased, you know, all of those different names off from there, Cancer, Aries, Scorpio, whatever, erased all those off from there. You know, you could almost tag that to any of the signs. They're they're really so general. You know, it kind of cracks me up. And a lot of people specifically pick up the paper just to read those every day. It's like, why? Why? Yeah, you could read any one of those could
1: possibly apply to
0: you. Right.
3: You know? Those are the twelve tribes, the twelve mansions. Um Everything's based on, actually, everything is based on astrology. That's why they don't want us to know it, because then you could figure out um, what they're planning for you, too. <laughs> that's why it, when they schedule court dates and things like that, you'll notice it's around a full moon, or that the days that they schedule will be Tuesdays and Thursdays, the days of war. Um, Tuesday would be the day of Mars, and Thursday would be the day of Jupiter. So they, that's how they schedule um court hearings around the full moon and around uh the god before sure. jupiter sure. they want to be ben- benefic it's just crazy
1: <laughs> certain well astrolog- they use, they use astrological events sorry go ahead i'm sorry no go no, ahead I, uh, I was just um, i go going to say on what she was saying is uh it, they do it around certain astrological events that's correct yeah, yeah.
0: Well, always. Well, as I, was say, I was say, not only the days of the week, but you look at the different things that they are doing in court, and they do certain things at a certain time of the day. You know, traffic court That's will always right. be held like early, early in the morning. Arraignments will always be held early, early in the morning. You know. Now, then you look at other things like uh, civil matters. A lot of those will be held later in the day, in the afternoon. You know, and the, the way that that demonic side looks at everything is that because they are, they are following all the astrological stuff and they're also uh, following the chakras and uh, there's certain chakras of the body that uh, either fire or dormant at certain times of the day. And some of those chakras may deal with issues that they deal with in court early in the morning or later in the afternoon as well.
3: Hmm. I thought, too, was interesting, was the word uh, probation. That's that's probate, isn't it?
0: Yeah, they're administrating that state, probating it. Yep, that's right.
3: <laughs> that's so terrible.
0: <laughs>
1: and I can't, it, I mean. <laughs> it, it's an illegal incarceration of the mind, also. Right, right. Gray bars do not a prison cell make, but you're a prisoner of that. Probation
0: contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it was really funny. Here, uh, quite a few years ago, I was on probation, and I went in, and the guy was talking to uh, I don't know a dozen people or so that were in there for their I don't know scheduling for probation for what they're gonna do. Da da da. And he said, uh, just to let you all know, not to freak you all out, but." Um, all of you, uh, will probably be back in jail, probably 92% of you before your probation is over with, for a violation of probation. It, it, yeah, and of you see how really,
3: he said the it's, number 92, there you can see that yeah. number 92, they love that, 9 That it equals 11, they, they always do things that equal 11, you just, it's, you really have to pay attention when they talk, 92 is 11 which means if they, they, I think, I don't know if they go back if they're, um, they're using the 11 as to um, signify the 11 mile square of the District of Columbia.
0: Uh, let me, me explain that to you, the 11. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, 11 is signified many, many different ways. Um, you hear a lot about people saying they look at the clock and it seems like it's 11-11 when they look at it. You know what I mean? Uh, It's because that 11 has been planted in everybody's minds. And 11 is actually the two pillars of a society. Uh, This goes way back uh, into Roman and even prior to Roman times. And and that is that the two pillars of society, in fact, I was just doing a drawing last night where I just started drawing something out and it ended up being these two pillars. But uh, one pillar is um, the priestly line. And the other pillar is the judges' line. And those are the two pillars of, that have always held societies together, the priests and the judges. And they also always had their own uh, royal lineages. If you go into Scripture and look at the priests and look at the judges, they all had their own royal lines that they followed. Um, the powers of B are even trying to use that today um, and follow, like, bloodlines. Bloodlines for Presidents of the U.S. Um, The Throne of England follows a bloodline. Um, uh, I was studying um, the Corporation Company of America, uh, who I think it's Robin Ward is in charge of that today. And he uh, received power of that company from his father, who had received that power of that company from his father. And that was established back in like, uh, 1918 or something like that, right? about a hundred years ago. But so that number 11 for those two pillars is used in a lot of things. And right now, what's happening with America is that there is um, a big change that is really getting ready to occur. Um, I, I think this really started in the 90s when you look at um, the Federal Bank. Um, You'd see on bills, I believe it even said federal bank note on them. And uh, now you look at their seal, their seal says the Federal Reserve System. Uh, That's because the debtor in possession, which was the United States, was um, collapsed and taken over by um, the one who held the debt, which was the federal bank. And so now that they have uh, dissolved the debtor in possession, and uh, now the whole thing is the Federal Reserve System and being operated under the Federal Reserve System. People want to know who the owners of the U.S. is. Well, that's who the owners of the U.S. is. Um, and, and also right then after uh, the turn of our century, uh, we had our Big 11 uh, that was collapsed. We had uh, the judges' line, and we had the pre suit line um, figuratively was collapsed here in America, with um, their filling of the World Trade Center. Guess what I was, was gonna say, I was just going to say. I was
4: going to
3: say that was a, that was definitely an initiation to to collapse the two pillars of society. That's what that was all about, I believe. Absolutely,
2: absolutely.
0: So that's why that number eleven is always liked because it's the pillar of the judges and then the pillar of the priest, um, which hold a society together. If you look at your Social Security card, you'll see on the right and left-hand side, there's the two pillars, one on the left, one on the right. I'm showing it to you right there as well. And and so with that line of thinking, uh, now the more and more you start reading things and looking at things, um, That eleven will stand out to you, you know. And uh, you look yeah, at yeah, like my um, total at
3: the store today was eleven eleven.
0: Well, you look at the the dissolution in a bankruptcy or the restructuring in a bankruptcy, and that's found under um, Chapter Eleven. Right. yeah it's it's crazy that so much of this stuff is right out in plain sight for everybody to see if they just kind of open their eyes and paid attention a little bit
3: i i' does does anyone think that we even have a chance anymore because i see I see a lot of people um working to promote our
2: downfall.
0: Well, that right there is just a sign of uh self projection is what you're seeing uh because you look at what is being indoctrinated into everybody even from youth, whether it's the cartoons and stuff uh, that you watch and or that kids watch or whatever and then you look at movies i mean some of the biggest movies that people go to flock to see are ones where you know there's a lot of killings occurring or a lot of destruction or something like that. You know what I mean? And so we're really brought up in a mental atmosphere of, of destruction. I mean, at one time I was guilty of it myself. I, I, I see people around me very, very guilty of it. Uh, a friend of mine here a couple of weeks ago came to me and they were all excited. They're like, yeah, my boss, you know, they're, my uh, boss is training me to become a manager and I'm, I'm probably going to get such and such shift. I'll be the manager of such and such shift at my work and this or that. And it wasn't two days later. And that individual was out on a drug bench that lasted like a week long and ended up losing a job. Uh, so there's a self defeatist state of mind put into us. And like you say that there's so many people out there almost, promoting um the downfall of of society and everything you know uh, because that's all they know that's all they know is destruction they, they don't know love and um, encouragement and building people up or anything like that um so yet you always see uh, a bunch of people start laughing you know if somebody chips on a sidewalk or something like that uh, right it's just something that's ingrained into people but it, the way I look at it is you know and I've said this many times and I, this is kind of the basis of actually the, the name of this talk You also you know and it's exiting Babylon you know uh, we're commanded to not be a part of that system uh, that's the system of the beast you know that's the system of evil and you know unless that's what you want in your life exit from it you know
3: now that's uh, the thing how up. how do we exit from this without starving because i don't I don't think our creator would want us to um to starve and i almost, I almost think that the the uh, capitalized the the straw man name was created so that we wouldn't use our so that they wouldn't be trespassing on our i don't know natural person, i guess they wouldn't be actually trespassing on us. We could just use the DBA name to conduct business,
1: right? Intangible rights. They're trying to take over our intangible rights because they've already got the property rights.
3: Right.
1: How do they
0: get the property rights? Sorry. Sorry. They, They can only deal with fictional things, all right? And that's what, I mean, I don't like using that word straw man, but that's that office of person. They can't have paper on men and women because that would be a a direct violation of slavery right there. Uh, And with slavery, you know, supposedly being uh, dissolved here in America, the only thing that was dissolved was involuntary servitude. You know, and that's what people think of when they think of slavery. They think of involuntary servitude. They don't think of voluntary servitude. Nobody thinks about that. But that's the form of slavery that's being used today. So, and they created that conduit, at, or that Walter used, they created that conduit uh, for us to operate in commerce through, because now they can put papers on that, they can issue numbers to that, and they can control that. And as long as we want to wear the hat of that person, then they've got control over you.
1: Yeah, the maxims of laws, uh, one of them is you can only control that which you create. Now, did you or I create that birth certificate? No they did it's their creation they control every aspect of it and our lives if we're under it
3: right but the problem with that is that what see this is what i wrote the international court this is why they don't answer because when when you do that um when you when you force someone to use um your corporation to um to be able to you know, exercise their rights, the things that they're in their necessities that they need, you that's that's voluntary serv that's uh, voluntary, not voluntary, involuntary servitude. So that's slavery. When you have to um compel a performance for um your inalienable rights, then that's that's slavery. It's not it's no longer involuntary when you um have to do something for them in order to exercise an inalienable right
1: well you and, become the service of process whenever you are the agent for the agency that uh, i was just uh,
5: going to say that that is a form of indentured servitude and when i uh, submitted my resignation i quoted the nevada constitution to that effect so and it I was what did you would you say um. Oh, I can pull up. Let me get out the document. Give me a minute. Go ahead and talk amongst yourselves. Then I'll find it. <laughs> okay. Okay. Hold
3: on. So now, what were you saying, sir? I don't know your name. I think I, I, Brian's there, and who's who's the other guy? The first guy that was talking. What's your name? Walter. Walter. Okay. I'm Nishan. and then Brian. You can you say something so I know who you are. <laughs>
0: Oh me, yeah. This is Brian. Hey, Walter, I your your name has been officially changed to Walt.
1: Yes, by the government of the United States of America and all the their constituents. Yes, they call me Walt now.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, I, 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 yeah. I thought that was a, a directive of uh, the Secretary of State. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, I mean not not John, I mean Tom. Tom. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gowdy. Tom. Yeah, Tom Gaudi changed uh, your your, uh, name. Eh. (laughs) How did you do that? uh, It's just a nickname they all gave me because I asked so many
4: questions. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, they thought it was easier to just change it from a two-syllable word down to a one-syllable word.
1: Yeah, yeah i mean actually you know there is a root word and there's a prefix and a suffix so that actually changes it now so
3: but would you agree that that is involuntary servitude when you have to compel performance to exercise a right uh
1: that's a violation yes it's one of your violations uh, uh rights violations absolutely um i would think it would be in that neighborhood but uh, the part where I see it at is when they created that state within a state, and that's human trafficking. That's what I would see it as.
5: I found oh, that. Yeah. Uh, I found the paragraph I referenced.
1: So okay. I'll just
5: I'll just read it here real quick. Um, this is in my cover letter to the uh, Secretary of State because I. Didn't have that information. I didn't even think to look at our Constitution prior to submitting this notice. But in the cover letter, I do say that by my attached affidavit, effective immediately, I resigned from the position of resident-slash-registered-agent-for, and that I put all of the all-caps names that I've ever been known by, AKA's everything, to be crystal clear, uh, to which, by an act of fraud and sustained deception, I was unlawfully appointed to serve without compensation and in violation of Article I, Section 17 of the Nevada Constitution, parens, involuntary servitude, without my knowledge, consent, or willing acquiescence. Said agency was not formed pursuant to law, and as such, my resignation is not Subject to statutory registration fees, waiting period, or other conditions or requirements to which lawfully formed entities and their agents may be bound.
1: Yeah, oh where's my your paycheck? God. Where's Beautiful. your paycheck at? Yep, where's What's your paycheck that? at? I said, where's your paycheck at? You've never been paid all your life for being that agent for that agency. Exa-
5: well, I told them to expect the bill at my
4: convenience. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that, that was one of the viol- that was one of the violations I listed on my resignation as well was uh, lack of compensation. Mm-hmm. Okay, so well, when
3: you resign, how do you, how do you live
0: after that? It's a good question. You, this
5: is all this is all new to me. I'd like to hear Brian's answer
1: to that.
0: <laughs> well, you know, the, the thing is, and this is the way I look at it, is that. Um, it, up up on my wall, I've got one of those like blank masks that just has eye holes in it, and it, it's just a, a plain white mask. And I wrote on the forehead "person" on there, <laughs> and uh, I, I put it up. I put it up in between uh, two like uh, African masks that I've got up. It's kind of cool. But anyway, it, it, and that's kind of the way I look at it. Is that there's this mask that everybody's been wearing. Um, what was it that Shakespeare had said? Um, Uh, I have made one face for you, but though you put on another, you know, and people unknowingly have been operating in their life as that agent, for instance, you know, and and the best way of proving that is if you were to ask somebody who they are and then ask them to prove it, uh, they would reach in their pocket and pull out the wallet and hand you their driver's license and say, see, you know, that they're unwittingly operating in the capacity of um, actually operating a state agency. That's what they're doing without even really knowing it. Um, And I I think, you know, there's a good quote out there that said, you know, to exit the matrix, uh, you must see it, you know, and I think that's the fastest way of really exiting the matrix is realizing it and seeing what's been done and what's happened. And um, then, uh, doing like she just read, you know, and just sending a notice to them and saying, you know, I'm no longer operating this agency. It doesn't mean your life has to change or anything like that, or you're going to go without food or, or whatever. I mean, uh, we all know how to uh, go and pick a banana from the tree or or pick an apple from the tree, depending on where on the land here you live. But uh, we all know how to fish, uh, you know. Uh, we all know how to earn a buck, um, and we all know how to go to the store and purchase and. Co- I mean, your life doesn't change, but what does change is, you know, everybody has been trained to look for this mark of the beast. You know, everybody argues, oh, it's the chip, or they used to argue when Social Security came out, it was a Social Security card. You know, just because you find that under, uh, forty-two um, title title forty-two six six six, right, <laughs> and. And, you know, so they're always, everybody's been pointing at the different things that's the mark of the beast. And uh, to me, the you know, they said that the mark will be in the hand or on the forehead. So, so to me, that mark is in your actions, the works of your hands, and in your mind, the way you
1: think. That's right. right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I mean, it's that's a state right. of mind. You know, the mark is a state everything of mind. Is,
0: it's a state of mind. Yeah, uh, Everything you doing. I agree with you. It, Everything we've been doing and thinking, we've been doing it and thinking it from the perspective of this bee system, which we've been operating through and unknowingly being an agent for, you know. Um, I think one of the most dangerous things people can have is knowledge, you know. That's why so many people don't want to know stuff, you know, because you're accountable for what you know. You inherently know that in your mind and in your heart, that you are accountable for your knowledge, you
1: know. Right, so. Right. Yeah, they teach vanity, selfishness. They teach mine, mine, mine. And with this upbringing from the time we were born, we're lied to by our parents to believe something to be the truth. That's the truth to be a lie and something that's a lie to be the truth. And the example is Santa Claus, tooth fairy, and on and on and on, just lied to continuously from the beginning. You know,
0: that's a really good way of looking at it. Brian? uh, Yeah. and this has been told to us. There's a clip on YouTube, and you can just put in uh, George Bush and the word propaganda. And, and a bunch of people have saved that clip out there on YouTube, and you go and watch where he's sitting down uh, just having a talk with a bunch of people, and he's saying, you know, he says, in my line of work, uh, you've got to keep repeating things. You've got to repeat the propaganda over and over and over, and eventually people will believe it. You just have to say it enough. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, there's a question.
5: Yes, Brian. Um, as a practical matter, now this uh, cover letter and affidavit um, they did not respond in the thirty day period. I have proof of mailing all that service and good stuff. But as a practical matter, I was railroaded uh, before this um, resignation took place, and I was in a kangaroo court for exercising my right to travel uh, bearing private warning sign plates on my truck and so they had me in this kangaroo court found me guilty of course and I even commented I said you know what you're using all of these terms and so on and so forth that are not applicable I'm 60 years old 60 years old by the way so what I I said "I, I could stand in front of a mirror all day long and recite I am a 20 year old supermodel it doesn't make it so (laughs) (laughs) so that I was convicted based on their you know their their wild imaginations and so now it's a practical matter because I have not paid the fine or any of those good things there is oh and by the way in my court of record case they were ordered to cease and desist the judge was found the so-called judge have to watch myself was found in contempt of court, and but they still went ahead and issued an arrest warrant, which leads me to my question. I travel with a document I just read to you, the paragraph from, as well as a counter deed with uh, stapled to um, a certified copy of the certificate of live birth. Now, I'm presuming that that, from a legal standpoint, from their even their court legal system that that should be sufficient to show that they have no jurisdiction over me, am i correct
1: mm, i got I would say something to that please um first off, I want to ask you a question before I answer that have you okay. ever have you ever done a document where it's um claimed your rights in any document. Have you claimed it? I mean, like, have you uh, done a, de- a declaration of rights? Have you done anything I, like that?
5: Yeah, I have a right to travel declaration submitted to the DMV currently, and it is uh, currently tolling. They have less than two weeks to respond.
1: Okay. Now, um, I'm I'm talking more like all your rights. That's just one of them. I'm no, I have not all. Okay, if we've never claimed all of our rights, how do how can we assert our rights in any legal standing?
5: Yeah, this is a new it? concept. It, was, it brought to my attention that you must claim rights. So uh, what, if you're going to claim all of your rights, well, I, I have on other court documents, preserved all rights, but I haven't come out and just made a claim, outright claim as you're stating. Who would you submit that to?
1: Um, You would have to take and make up a, uh, uh, it's called a Declaration of Rights, and you want to incorporate the international rights, the ones for everybody in the world. That's the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, and all your rights, there's 30 articles in it. And if you use that and claim that, you've claimed that right. Now you put an international posting app and give the whole world notice. That's your first step of notice. And then if they try to engage with you, you get, send them a chance to cure, you know, a cease and desist. And if they continue on uh, to try and engage with you, then if they don't answer you back and they keep engaging, then you have that, uh, um, uh, well, they'll be held in dishonor, which is a, um, uh, the last step is not a judgment, but a, help me out with this, Brian, what's that last step? Um
0: yeah, sorry, my mind was thinking
1: about a different thing okay. when you we were talking there. Okay, yeah, it was uh, um, uh, a, a notice first. You would do that internationally, and if it's not contested, then your rights stand as they are. That's affid- in an affidavit form. You put a notice in an affidavit form claiming all your uh, rights, which are in the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, that all nations have adopted. And that's a notice then it goes to, um, uh, a chance to cure or a cease and desist. And then it goes to, a, uh, the, in dishonor and it's called, um, what's that? Last? Notice, of fault. Is notice, notice of fault. Notice of default.
0: Notice of, yes, no, notice of fault. No, no. First there's the notice of default or notice of fault and then the notice of default. Okay. Yeah. So this, yeah right, right.
4: But I,
3: did you, did you state your nationality with them?
5: No, I thought I had to go through the entire process of uh, authenticating my certificate of live birth and all that good stuff
3: first before you claim nationality. Is that not correct? No, I, no, because see, what what I do is I I let them all know my national status, and even I don't know if you're Caucasian descent or not, but even that, you know, just because you're here in America doesn't mean that your rights can be, you know, should be violated, and. What they have you under? Uh, what they have you listed as is a Roman slave. Yep. And I, the remedy for I'm that actually, is began in 2057. Uh, yeah, and I'm mm-hmm.
5: actually I'm actually tri-racial, as a matter of fact.
4: Mm-hmm. But no, if we are
5: I, I don't know how you identify. Yeah. We all are. Yeah, exactly. We, we all are. But, but I mean, just mine's actually documented through DNA, so.
3: Right. So you, I, you, I, you claim I, your nationality so that you have human rights. Because if you don't have a nationality, and if you check off white or black or any of those color-coded things they have us list ourselves under, you fall under color of law, and then you're subject to any of anything they want to do.
4: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a, yeah, I had a my question regarding call, the yeah. ticket.
3: My
5: last job application, I simply identified myself as a non-citizen
2: national.
0: Okay. Hey, I, I had a question regarding the ticket in the court. Uh, do you still owe fines?
5: Yes. Well, I don't. Okay. It's not lawful ones. But they're charging me for them, and I'm getting collection letters.
0: All right. Oh, uh-huh. Okay. Oh, okay. Now, have they sent those fines off to collections now? So it's a collection company trying to get them? hmm
4: Yes.
0: Yeah? Okay.
5: But there's still a well, warrant. There's an active warrant out, too.
0: Um, I think it would be really interesting to send them a letter uh, to the court saying here is the amount that you say is owed case number, whatever, whatever, Um, I'll be more than willing to pay that to you. I just want to know if since at the time I surrendered my um, intangible right to travel to the state when I received the driver's license, I would like to know if I pay these fines off, will you restore that intangible right back to me?
1: (laughs) Uh, wow. yeah <laughs> i'd I'd do this uh I mean, that's a good idea also um, but I'd say, uh, show me the contract where I signed my intangible rights over to you. I need to see oh, that, and I if did. you don't have
0: yeah.
1: it and if you don't yeah, have I it. would
0: include that
5: cool so yeah i i'm I'll be definitely listening to the replay on this one,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would include what he just said into that wording as well, and mm-hmm. um. Get And uh, do it in affidavit form, you know, give them 30 days to respond, whatever, 15 days, wherever you're at, you know, and uh, see what happens. Well, this is just a county so process. So
4: who is being this? Th-
0: so 10
1: days. Give them 10 days.
5: And who is this being addressed to? The court He's or? File
1: it into the court case. Yep,
5: okay, file it
1: into the court with... case.
5: Yeah, I might have to have somebody else do that on my behalf since there's a warrant there. and They will just simply lock me up as soon as I walk out. Yep, so I did, I did
4: it. it. Well,
3: I did it. Well, you do that. I spoke directly you to do... the judge because it, it's it, it, see that's that, those things are human rights violations. They have to tell you who, how they are um, in charge of of you. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't. We can't. We can't just keep letting people go around and. and um, claim an authority over us. It's just that it, it has to stop somewhere. Right.
1: Yeah, and that's under oh, yeah. Article 13. That's under Article 13 of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, Article 13.1. Everybody has a right to freedom of movement and residence within uh, borders of each state. And, two, everyone has the right to leave any country, including his own, and to return to his own country. Um, that's under Article 13.
4: That's
5: good to know because we're, many of us in uh, my particular network are having uh, had denial of passports um, and other issues. And I only just got a copy from my friend Gary, and I think, well, you, I think you know him, uh, or you're acquainted with Gary too. He sent out this um, email with an attachment for the retired Ju- Judge Phil Zabim, Judge Dale,
1: yeah, I've watched some of his stuff. Uh read some yeah, of his books.
5: Yeah, that's a great article. So, I've been I've been trying to share snippets of that and attract attention on social media platforms, but you know, just to try and start educating the public a little bit and spreading the word as much as possible.
1: Yeah, and uh, and the thing about your passport, here's another thing, um Article 15. Everyone has a right to a nationality. And uh, that's number one. Number two, no one has the op, uh, the arbitrary that no one shall be arbitrarily deprived of his nationality nor denied the right to change his nationality. And you can change your nationality like you do you know, clothes if you want to, but then they can't stop you.
3: Nice. No, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Well, right now, just because you're born in a country doesn't make that your nationality. And just because you're born in a country, that doesn't make you a citizen of that country. Because when you're born in a country, you're considered a a, a resident alien, okay? And until you claim some sort of um, nationality, then you're not considered a resident alien, stateless. We're all stateless in this country.
5: Who do we make that claim to? Secretary of State
3: at
1: the Mm. federal level? You have to join a country, an an international country, which the United States of America is an international country. And the country, really, the name of the country is the reign of the heavens. And that's what uh, Yahushua taught uh, when he came to do his father's will and his father's business. His business was showing him how to create a government for the people instead of the other way around, people for the government.
5: And, and where is that entity located so I can send this notice?
1: <laughs> well, it's not a notice. It's a claim that you have to put in. Yeah,
5: right, right. Where do, where do I send the no, claim? You
3: need I to CC c- c- that to... to the International Commission on Human Rights. You CC c- okay. c- the letter. You, c- you send that letter into the court, and you CC c- it to the International Commission on Human Rights and also the International Criminal Court.
0: Excellent. Well, we're, what we're talking about is something just a little bit different, though. It's actually the, the claiming of the nationality. And you do that well, at uh, yes, the United States.
5: So yeah, we're not conflating the two. I, I, I get the distinction between uh, making the one submission to the judge, as a de facto judge, and then a separate claim to the international court.
3: Yeah, you have to. to No, I'm not talking.
5: I'm not talking about either of those.
0: I'm not talking about either of those. Okay. For claiming the nationality, you go to governmentoftheunitedstatesofamerica.international. On the top left hand side, you'll see claim your nationality. You do the claim of nationality there, and it gets published in the newspaper for three weeks.
3: Oh wait, say that again. Government of
2: what?
0: Government of the United States of America. International.
2: Walter, put
4: that in the chat room, please. Yeah. Or like she, like I, I like think that. what she's asking
2: is, who could she send?
3: Who could she also send um, her letter to, so that uh, the her rights aren't violated any further. It may not need to go to the international courts, but what, what other place that
5: well, uh, enforces her rights. rights? But we're talking about two separate things. We're talking about, number one, I just want to get the local court off my back so I can travel without, you know, constantly looking over my shoulder. And then the other issue is I need to claim my nationality so that I can Document that and prove it to all entities that come at me, right?
0: Oh, right. I see. Yep. Yeah. And at that at that website is where you claim the nationality. Now, as far as getting the state off your back with the matters that are impending right now, you know, <laughs> that, that's probably one of the biggest things that started up all of the different talk show calls and stuff like that for <laughs> people in that situation. And a lot of people have been throwing a lot of darts trying to figure out how you get them off your, your back, you know, because of tickets where money's out to or warrants that are out on people, stuff like that. And I've never really seen anything foolproof that works across the board. There's certain things that that's work where in some you situations to. That's, and some judges. That's where. Yeah.
3: That's, you, you have to, in order to have your, your human rights honor, you have to send it to a place that enforces human rights. Because sending it to another state entity is not gonna do you any good. They're just gonna proceed with their color of wall tactics. Like they always do. Because they they think they own you.
0: Send it to the hag. Right. The hag so was set up and nobody's and nobody nobody's ever used it since it was set up. There's never been a claim I right have. there.
3: I have, and I'm telling you, that's where you send it. You send it to the the Hague of the Netherlands, right? Is that what you're talking about?
0: Uh, Right, yeah. Yeah. Send it to the Hague. Mm -hmm.
5: But Brian's right. After a while, you feel like the bull in the bullfight that's got all these spears sticking out of his, (laughs) you know, it's a crest there. (laughs) It's like, stop already. It's enough. Enough bloodletting. Let me live. I'm not look not looking to come after you. But if you're going to make me, you got to fight here.
3: <laughs> right now, are you are you just like driving without a, or traveling? I'm sorry, traveling without a license.
5: Uh, my license was suspended, and it was really funny. But even in the mock kangaroo with the kangaroo court, where um, I was where they conducted the show trial, after I demanded a jury by my peers as provided for in the Nevada Constitution, which says right to trial by jury is inviolate forever. <laughs> what part of forever do you know? <laughs> and, you know, they walked right over that. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I, I, did you, was there a question in there I didn't answer? I'm sorry. I got carried away.
3: <laughs> no no that's that's just basically I was wondering if you i don't drive so i mean oh, right, right, i right. don't
5: travel. okay so the so right the license was uh, the license was suspended, and in this mock trial, you got me back on track thank you so the the substitute judge that had to take over the case because I was not understanding any of the rights that were being read to me at <laughs> that day. So uh, he he got so flustered with me, he put me in jail on contempt for six days. And when I returned returned to the court, there was this new lady judge, and she's the one who said, she said, this is interesting. I've done a couple of these cases, and that's why they brought her in, because she's the so-called sovereign oxymoron citizen judge.
4: (laughs) Oh, right. uh,
5: Yeah, and so she said, I find it interesting, though, that – you have a driver's license. Most of these cases are no driver's license. And in fact, I had insurance too. And she, you know, she was going to reduce all these fees and stuff as I would just not only either prove I had insurance at the time, which I did, um, or acquire insurance in the next 30 days. I had insurance and rather than, uh, I actually let it instead in that next 30 day period, I let it Wow, So I didn't have insurance after that. But actually, during the period I was covered, but I wasn't going to mm-hmm. give her the satisfaction. I was totally purist when I went there. I was totally principled, and I wouldn't give. I said I neither uh, decline or admit. You know, I mean, I, I never. Uh, I, I neither uh, confirm or deny
3: that I have insurance. So I got okay, you know I, I got just hit find that so setting. Now that that's just now that really bothers. They just put you in jail for six days
5: because he was because he couldn't get me to because i i had a script i was so prepared when i went in and it's so funny because i actually video really audio recorded the uh the case and i made a transcript an unofficial transcript that i submitted with the court of record case and um you can hear his tone he is losing his cool he has lost all comportment and professional demeanor and I, my voice was shaky in a, little spot, a few spots, but I was professional throughout. And he was a one in contempt. All the charges he made at me are ones he was guilty of that I did not do. Um, but let's see. So he kept flying. What I did was I, I went in there and I said, I need him to answer uh, the nature and cause of this jurisdiction is he just kept, you know, trying different tactics and trying to shut me down, and I wasn't going for it because I had my master script, which was, because, you know, since I have reading glasses, I made it nice and big, so I didn't have to worry about seeing anything, and I just said, is this a civil, finally got him to answer, is this a civil or criminal matter? And he said it was criminal. So I moved into my, you know, from there, I went to the flow chart and went to my criminal matter script. And I just kept going through, and I was staying on point. I was so glad I did this, and so he was the one getting flustered because he couldn't, he couldn't trip me up because I was too prepared, even though emotionally. And you know, I was, I was like, you know, I was like a duck, all calm on the water's surface, but underneath paddling like mad with my you know, webbed feet. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, he just could not get me. And then, of course, he entered the plea on my behalf. I. From the moment the traffic citation was issued, I put under duress. The trooper wasn't having it, so um, he looked at the driver's license. He he coerced me under threat of violence to show him my driver's license, so he eventually got that from me. Uh, Then I said, this is for identification purposes only, and of course, he uses it to write the citation, comes back, forces me again to sign the citation. So I signed it under duress, and he said, After he had already, I had already signed under duress when he said, now don't do anything like sign under duress or any of that nonsense. And so I'd already done it, handed it back to him. He said, I told you not to do that. So he's getting really agitated now. So what I did do is I put, um, I did sign it, and this went completely undetected. Uh, I put the acronym V, as in Victor, period, C, period, followed by three ellipses and then at the time I wasn't autographing so I did sign my name. But basically these compulsiva is an indicator that you are forced under threat of violence to sign something. And okay, then so the what, ellipses, and what is that term you
3: just used? You, you, what did you say? V is in Victor? Yes, V,
5: I, and I'm not sure if this if the third letter is an S or a Z, mm-hmm. but it's obviously Latin. It's V, and then the second term, the second part of that term is compulsiva, compulsive. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah, it's a yeah. Z. It's a Z, V-I-Z, compulsiva, yeah. Yeah. Okay.
5: So that means you're physi- literally physically forced under uh, terroristic threat, threat of violence, and it, so it's a perfect term. And VC is the acronym uh, that indicates that. So he that went right under his radar without any trouble. And so I, I so I never accepted the contract. It was never a valid contract. And then on the third that ticket was issued on a Wednesday. On Friday I was in the court rescinding any presumption of contract. And they just railroaded right over that too. So it's just like, you know they've just got these blinders on and they're they're running down their railroad tracks so they they never had jurisdiction, but they're you know of course claiming and and continuing to operate as though they do
3: and and how old were they when how old were you when they did when they arrested you sixty
5: This was fairly recent this was in october of last year. Or actually, the hearing by the time I, uh, so I was pulled over in October, and, you know, the court date, I think it was somewhere in December. I think it was right before December that I, no, maybe it was, it was, it was in December that I was put in jail for contempt for simply challenging the jurisdiction, something I've seen I've had an attorney do for me in a previous case. <laughs> Not-
3: it's, 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 it's terrible. I I don't even I don't even know what to I don't even know what to say. It's, it really makes me um, I, I just oh my
4: god. Yeah,
5: I think Nevada. I I know all the states have corruption going on in them, but Nevada it's pretty much in that top tier because I remember reading somewhere that um of the the top three states the the top three. That receive the most citations in the entire country are Georgia, Florida, and Nevada. Now, Nevada is tied for second position, and I can't remember which state it was—either Florida or Nevada. But when you look at that, the significance, the statistical significance of that, we are a very low-populous state. So the fact, right. the virtue that we're even in the top anywhere, considered how few people we have, speaks volumes. Yeah, that must be really
3: corrupt corrupt there.
5: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just major profiteering pirates out here. So that's my story.
3: (laughs) I'm sorry to hear that. I'm I'm glad you're okay.
5: (laughs) Oh, yeah. This particular uh, administrative judge has already appeared before the Nevada Supreme Court on two separate public reprimands. Okay. So for my first trial, when I was, it was a completely trumped-up charge by two bully neighbors that were retaliating against me for things they did that I reported. One was, um, one was he was uh, abusing his wife. At the time, I was still licensed as a physician, so I was duty-bound, by statute anyway, to report that instance. And when I did, he never forgave me for that. Now I will never know. I will never ever know if my intervention that day saved that woman's life or not. But given the same set of cir- circumstances, I would I would report him again, just as a fellow moral human being. And uh, so that got me. Tra- that was my first experience getting uh, trapped up into the system, and not knowing anything about you know I'm thinking real innocent here I am a licensed professional and I'm just um, I, I, there's no way you know you you can't have a terrible background and, and pass the background a background check to become a physician of any sort so I I'm thinking there's no way I'll be convicted of this the guy across the street's a druggie how are they going to convict me over him but that's exactly <laughs> right. what they did that's exactly oh, what God. they did
3: <laughs> oh man
5: yeah, the prosecutor lied, of course, stating that there was no such 911 call ever placed. That the state checked this, and it's just her credibility. It's just you know you have to you have to take pause and question her credibility. And you know during the trial, of course, my attorney wasn't prepared or uh, didn't even seem to validate that I had actually made that call. So after I had already been sentenced, I actually got a phone record I had to get a couple of months because I wasn't sure exactly when that call was made. pinpointed it, requested the record from the county 911 sheriff's Office. They refused the document. I wrote back another letter and demanded the document citing FOIA. I got it immediately. Now I have mm-hmm. the proof I have the proof now that the prosecutor lied, and had he not impugned my character with a lie, I very well could have walked away with that thing based on that
3: jury, but it's not. So you're medicine. a doctor, so and you're, you're, you're a doctor, and you're doing this.
5: Well, I'm not a doctor anymore. <laughs> well, no. i I'm always gonna, I'll always be a doctor. Let's put it that way. In fact, I've right. a couple, of, you know. But I'm just not licensed to practice. And you know, at this point, if I were younger and more ambitious, I'd probably consider uh, pursuing private practice in the private. <laughs> you know, but yes. I, I just—I I don't feel led to do that at this point. At my age, it's just not. I—I'm th- being called, I think, to work in this uh, grassroots legal, um, you know, fighting this legal, quote-unquote, system and replacing it with the de jure common law that we're supposed to have. That's where I feel I'm supposed to be right now, working on that.
4: Well, that's also yeah. where you can do your PMA and practice privately.
5: Right I just, I just say that. <laughs>
4: that
5: right, but again, I'm not so inclined to just you know yeah do it, it's it, you it. It, it, it is not you hang the shingle, they will come kind of thing. it doesn't work like that, it's a lot of effort to build a business, and I just don't you know I could do it i just I'm not interested in doing it, I'd rather pursue other endeavors at this point mm.
4: Like yeah, holding,
5: really, um... holding corrupt judges accountable. <laughs>
4: <Okay>. <laughs> mm.
5: Yeah. So there's a, there's another court of record case uh, that will be follow uh, follow up on that false conviction. So what they they offered me a plea deal to uh, simple disturbance of the peace. That's not going to. That's a that's a minor pothole in the road. That's not even a speed bump. Um, But when they convicted me of the gross misdemeanor, and even the statute is unconstitutionally written. The statute says discharging a firearm where a person might be endangered, no injured party. Even the testimony of the so-called test-a-liar witness said that uh, when he got backed into a corner on his testimony, it said that, oh, well, it was an accidental discharge. (laughs) Where's your intent? Where's your men's prayer? (laughs) The whole thing was a scam. But you know what? That happened to me because the Holy Spirit was leading me to become a proactive warrior in this fight against injustice and these kangaroo courts.
3: That's right. That's right.
5: So he created this monster. (laughs)
3: Yeah, that's what I said. For me too, the same thing. You know, it appears as if it's if it's one thing, but then there's really something else that we, you know, we're called to do. Right. It's,
5: yeah.
3: <laughs> but it's
5: not. I didn't. Easy. Mean, I, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't mean to uh, uh, to unpack all of that for you people, but um, it kind of gives you a sense of my perspective on all of this, and that, and, yeah. and a reason too why I don't. I'm just, I'm really learning as I go. So I was, I didn't, it's not like I study all of this and then had this trouble and began implementing what I know. No, I've, that's why there's been so many pitfalls and stutter and stalls, you know, false stars and stutter stuff, you know. But
3: we'll get it. Yeah, my okay. situation is that they just, you know, they were, they target us for whatever, yep. you know, kind of abuses, but they, you know, they stay, they stay back, but they, they target us from afar, should I say, (laughs) so.
2: Rebecca, if I may. Sure. This is Dave in the Thumb. I didn't
5: know
4: you were a doctor. What kind of doctor? I'm a
5: chiropractor.
4: Oh, okay. Cool. But you don't and
5: in Nevada, in Nevada, we are designated as chiropractic physicians. In California, where I was first licensed, you cannot use physician with the term chiropractor. Go figure that.
2: Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. So this is,
0: is that why you stopped Performing your magic. Yes. Huh? Wow. That's See, just... they could have
5: actually. They would have been a lot better off had they just kept me an ignorant slave of the state, let me practice in Nevada, pay all these high salutant taxes on a high base income. But now they've turned me literally uh, into an indigent.
3: Wow. Yes yeah. oh, yeah, like they did me, yeah, I know I now I was no doctor, but yeah they don't they don't want me to work at all. That's out of the question for me, yeah, they want to put you back in jail oh. that's what that's what they want like what is their what what is it that they want?
1: they want to get rid of the ones that can see.
5: Well, number one, they want to shut us up, and I understand that they, they can still, even when you're in jail, collect on the ses CIS, uh CIS-T-K trust.
3: Yeah. All right. That's when they really can collect on it, right? Yep.
5: And there's apparently a payout uh, schedule where You know, a simple misdemeanor is worth something, and then a felony is worth something else. You know, like (laughs) I I don't have the the fee schedule, but
3: or the uh, compensation schedule, but yeah. So, uh, my question to you guys is: what, what? Okay, so they don't want us to see, but how long do they think that nobody will notice what's going on?
0: Oh I think they realize that people are waking up and people are are starting to get a hint and so what's really happening
3: But how are we a threat to them i don't I don't see how they think that we're a threat
0: well it goes kind of back to those bonds that you know you were just mentioning, and that's really what they ultimately want. You know, I was talking with somebody uh last night, and they were talking about a situation where they saw an altercation uh with between a gentleman and the police had stepped in. And the guy was like totally drunk, you know what I mean? And harmless. And the first thing that the officer did when the officer walked up to the guy, is he walked up and he put his hand on the guy's shoulder. Uh, right there was a uh, act of, uh, he was provoking him, okay? And there was no need to even be more than five feet close to the guy just because he, the guy was harmless. And, the situation easily could have been controlled, and right. the the guy that you know that was watching this and talking to me about it at the same time, you know, he says that that's just totally uncalled for. And I said, well, I said that is uh, actually their protocol. That's what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to provoke the situation and escalate the situation. Like when they pull people over in a car, um, they're, they're not just planning on writing you up for running a stop sign or whatever. They're hoping to um, end up at the point of a felony, arrest. That's the ultimate goal. And, I mean, that's why they, they'll claim, you know, oh, I smell marijuana or whatever different things, you know, just to try and escalate the situation. And, the, and so the point of it is is it's just a way for them to make money because the system needs money. You know, that, the passive control thing, uh, I think they're just so high on the control now that they're just trying to uh, grab all the money they can grab up
3: well i how do we get away from these people i I want to get away from them i just can't i i can't stand uh i really
0: can't stand okay. it <laughs> the the best way to you, get away from them, uh, the best way to get away from them i i think is that you look at the situation's going on. What's happening is they have infrasound jurisdiction. They've got jurisdiction over the person, okay? Not you, but the person, that fictional entity that you're representing, okay? They've got control over that. So the best thing to do is to move that fictional entity and move its jurisdiction and move it from the corporate side and put it back into the republic where originally we really was supposed to have been. Um, Rob Ryder's got a really good video out there, and I think it's called Dual Citizenship and it's really the truth when everybody's born you are born with dual citizenship you know you can be part of the state or the republic whatever or you can be part of the corporation uh but since the corporation offers all these little benefits and everything you know in the beginning people gladly uh accepted the dual of uh citizenship or being part of the, the corporation or the company and accepting you know um social security number and all of that crap because of the so called benefits that came along with it. Unfortunately the liabilities far outweigh uh, any so called benefits. Uh, right, those, but they never gave means, us a
3: copy of those liabilities. We don't have any we don't have any uh documents stating the liabilities.
0: Everything they're gonna do they publish in the Federal Register. Okay. I mean I think I've been on that website makes, before. And it makes sense that, I mean, if you work for a company, okay, and normally the company hands you the employee handbook or whatever, you know what I mean? But you at least mm-hmm. have access to it. And if you want to find out what, like, employee rules are or whatever or how their 401K works, you know, you reach out and find that info and read up on it. Well, the United States is nothing more than a mere corporation, you know, a uh, corporate a government servicing company, so why don't people automatically think, you know what, maybe I need to go and find uh, the rules or see where they, they publish stuff at so I know what's going on here inside this company?
3: Right, but see, here's my thing. This is what I let the judges know and things like that because the charter is the District of Columbia, right? Are they chartered to be outside of that that eleven mile square?
0: Well, the federal government, no.
3: Okay, so because I mean, this is, and I told them, I'm, you know, I'm not on the on the clock. You know, see, they're they're holding people accountable for company policy off the clock. So again, that's involuntary servitude because they're they're um, people aren't. People have to go home at some point. So if they're saying you're an employee and let's say your hours are 9 to 5, but they're arresting you at 9 p.m. or whatever time outside of, you know, alleged work hours, then that's involuntary servitude because they're holding you uh, as an employee when
0: you're off the clock. Well, uh, there really is no running clock. That's a big plantation. <laughs>
3: Well, on paper it is. It has to be on paper because you know they couldn't get away with it. You
0: know, so on paper it well, has to be. Well, that, uh, the that fictional entity really isn't necessarily an employee of the federal government. It's more of a mm-hmm. franchise of the of the federal government. You know what I mean? Uh, now okay. It, and so you know, it's just like maybe your Walgreens store or whatever store you have down the road. Um, when they close shop at 10 o'clock at night or whatever and turn the lights out or whatever um they don't cease being a franchise of walgreens They're still a franchise you know what i mean oh i so see. really the so really the franchise label is more appropriate than an employee probably
3: okay so the franchise but then how like in the uh i don't know the woman's name that's the chiropractor but in her situation How is she jailed for her franchise?
0: Well, uh, essentially what the problem was, was that when she got the driver's license, she surrendered her intangible right to travel uh, to the Department of Motor Vehicles in return for the driver's license and the rules that come along with it. Mm -hmm. Um, the, The rights, because everybody has seen The Supreme Court's ruled well over 50 times on the right to travel topic. You know what I mean? Right. And so everybody's like, so we don't understand what's the problem. Well, the problem is you surrendered those rights. You surrendered those intangible rights. What you did is you joined a private membership association. That's exactly what it is. You can go online and look it up, the, the Department of Motor Vehicles. You joined a private membership association and traded in your intangible rights, and accepted all of the rules and regulations. Okay, so could she
3: travel yeah. in peace if she didn't sign up with that private membership association?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I I think the worst thing people do is when they're 15, 16 years old, is go out and get that driver's license and join that PMA. I think that's the worst thing they do. Um you know, but it, it's so tempting because you see your buddies out driving their cars, you know, and your girlfriend's <laughs> out driving around, and this, you know what I mean? And they got a brand new, oh yeah. look, it's a brand new ride my daddy bought me, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and and so it's very tempting. I I think one really of the best things people can do is just sit back, wait till they reach the age of majority, and uh, then go on their happy way after they're eighteen. Um, uh, there's actually. I, mean, I don't recall what statute it is okay, but it, it talks about um you have six months after um turning eighteen years old uh basically to notify the company to
3: what the private company I didn't hear the other part
0: you say you've got six months after attaining the age of eighteen to notify the United States corporation of uh where you're standing is at.
3: Oh, so, okay. All right. Like um, like with the trust, you're supposed to be aged uh, well, after age seven, but then, again, at age 21, you're
2: supposed to give you uh, control of the trust.
0: Right. Uh, see, the driver's license is only necessary for minors because uh, they need to be looked after, you know. Uh, they don't hold any liability at all. You know,
4: mm-hmm.
0: uh, that's like sport is completely different for um, people that are under the age of 18 years old. So, they, so don't have to have the they wait till you have to you don't have to give them.
5: The thing that bothers me about this whole concept of contracting or uh, surrendering your rights by accepting that driver's license contract is that you didn't do it willingly or knowingly, and it's part of contract law that you must do so freely and voluntarily. And you're voluntarily, and you are certainly not doing that if you were duped into it and had no knowledge.
4: All right.
3: have a, a license, because you can't drive, you can't travel on the road without one. They'll stop and they harass you until you do.
0: So, it's just because the police don't know any different you know what I mean but if you set everything up correctly uh, the information is going to be put right on their computer and don't know to leave you alone but I, I, I wanted, I wanted to ask this that's that's I wanted to ask this that's stuff. That's um, that's if you were in some sort of situation where you all you would have to do is put a notice in the newspaper for three days okay to put notice out there um, do you think that
2: would have standing? Do I think that? Yeah.
0: Right. Right. It's putting notice in the newspaper for three days. Uh, is that proper notice or something?
5: Well, that's. Yes. One. I have some people say yes. Some people say no. There are some websites I know where you can actually post public notices too. All right. But I but, think no, I've heard legal, you say legal. before, Brian. I think I've heard you say before that because uh, newspapers don't have, you know, a circulation or people, the mass, the majority of the population is not reading a print newspaper anymore. Therefore, that's not really a constructive notice or whatever the correct term okay. would be. But, well, but
0: well, okay, I don't want to give up. I don't want to give up on a whole bunch of little tangents here. I'm just asking a okay. simple question. Okay. Which legally, legally. Is putting a notice in the newspaper sufficient notice?
5: I would say yes.
0: Okay, you're right, it is. Now, is it sufficient notice if the other party didn't read that paper? They still look at it as legal notice, right? Right. All right. Well, everything that the corporation does, they put in the Federal Register. They put notice out there. It sits there for thirty days before it becomes law. But people don't wait thirty days
3: before it comes law. Is it thirty days?
0: Yep. Yep, they let it sit there for thirty days before it gets enacted. But nobody goes and reads that. And everybody says, Oh, there's no disclosure, no disclosure. And you ask them about the Federal Register and they say, What's that? Well Right,
5: because that's the thing, there's no disclosure. it's not commonly known, and they know it, and they rely on that to dupe us further.
0: Well, uh, th- that goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, if I work for a company and I want to invest in 401K or I want to know what the rules are or, you know, want to, uh, maybe I should check out the employee handbook would be a wise thing for me to do. i go and do that. How come nobody does that? I mean, everybody just wants to uh, just... Forget about everything and go along through life as long as nothing's affecting me. You know, I, I'm not going to pay attention to the government and stuff like that until the hammer comes down on you. And then everybody's going, okay, what's going on? You know, now I, now I need to learn about this. You know, and
5: well, I think I, that's I'm part sure of it. That I think that's only part of it because the de facto, uh, the corporations keep us so consumed with minutiae and working so hard that we come home exhausted if we're lucky enough to get a job that we don't have the energy to pursue this knowledge. So that's what you're saying, the laziness and uh, apathy is but a portion of it. I would say it, it, it's more of the, the fact that they've got us you know, chasing for scraps and paying us in
3: peanuts, right, and they know, they know they haven't disclosed that there even is a federal registry because in grade school and high school and in college, you're not taught that there is one. I don't know about college, but uh, freshman year, but that's it. I don't know if do they teach that in college about the federal registry?
0: I'm sure the Federal Register is referred to sometime in high school. And it may not come out of the teacher's mouth, but I'm sure it's in one of the books that you read or are supposed to read. But I mean, as far as everybody being too busy or, you know, you work and you come home, you don't have time for, you know, really finding out what's going on. um, I would have to say everybody has the time and the money for what's important to them.
3: Right. That's true. But if you if it's in your conscience, if you're unconscious of something, it's just not there. Until you're bought, until it's bought into your conscience consciousness so as far as the majority is concerned there is no such thing as a federal registry because it's they, they've never seen or heard of it before and it's kept hidden um, from public knowledge they wouldn't know about a federal registry unless they were part of this community or have done some research and I've been I've been at this for a long time and it's It just came up to me through you, I think, Brian, (laughs) just just recently. So it's not public knowledge, really.
0: Well, you know, and maybe it's just my brain and the way I work, but Mm -hmm. I remember when I was like eight, nine, ten years old, looking around at the whole construct and watching mom and dad go to work and... You know, Different people had different jobs and kind of looking at the way everything was set up and saying to myself, well, wait a second here. I was born into this. I didn't choose to be here. It's not like I uh, left one place and said, hey, I think uh, I'm going to go over to this other land and I'll follow the rules and everything. There was no choice when we're born here. You know what I mean? So I was mm-hmm. like, so what I, wanted, what I wanted to know was just because I'm born here, what makes all of this construct around me apply to me? And so, I mean, I've been looking ever since I was young. You know what I mean? I want to know. Okay, if there's a, a ruling class over me, I want to know who they are, and I want to see their set of sets of rules. You know, what, what are they going to use against people? You know, and it, it's really funny. I mean, you can do some fun little Google searches, and you find that. I think they say the average person, or the average man or woman violates like fifty laws a day or something like that, just because there's so many stupid little things out there that nobody is even aware of you know if they really want to bring the hammer down on people, you know you
2: mean the laws of, of nature or the, or the laws that are or that they
0: create oh the the laws of man, the laws of man. Uh, if you violate 50 laws of nature a day, you're not going to live very long. <laughs> right. <laughs>
3: but, but, see, the laws of man aren't laws. Those are regulations, statutes, policies. Uh, the,
0: right. The, the the legal BS of man. Correct.
3: <laughs> because, see, yeah. the, the the law of man is, is very fickle. Because if we were to go by the law of man, we God knows the means they could still be um, doing what they did in the days of Caligula because back then that was the law of man. So right. it, it's kind of hard to trust the laws of man. That's why they're not laws. The laws of nature are the true laws of the land or the you right. know, those, the those laws are, that, that are set forth by the most high.
0: All right, those are, Yeah, those are the, the real true laws. But if you're going to have a society... Um, of any amount of people, I don't care if it's 10 people or 200 people, and you're going to have your own little society and you're going to have somebody that owns a a store, Um, you're going to have maybe a school, Uh, maybe you're going to have a hospital, okay? Um, Okay, well, then you're going to have to decide, okay, the school, what what kind of curriculum is the school going to teach? And are the kids going to be required to go there X amount of days? So automatically, you're going to have to have... Legal things set up. You see what I'm saying? Right. So there, right. There, You'll there really no no right. you have to Right. You you can't just say, oh, as far as um, education attempts by the populace, uh, we're we're going to use the laws of nature for that. Well, there's no <laughs> law of nature on that. Right you know what I mean? Right. So you're going to way you're have to set bad. up.
4: You so say? you're,
0: you're going to have the laws of, of nature so you're have built. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't say, "Well, yeah, we'll use the law of nature for how often a kid goes to school." Yeah, well, yeah. There's no application, you know. So you have to have things set up, and that's what was done, you know. But you know, in time, it, they got so carried away because it, it became a control mechanism. I mean, it, early on, with the creation of um, the United States of America, you know, you looked at the senators and the congress, the congressmen, house representatives. And these guys uh, work during the summer, plowing their fields, doing that kind of stuff. And the winter time is when they held Congress. You know, the, the time where the only other thing to do was stay huddled up around the fireplace. You know, and they say, okay, we'll we'll use that period of time to hold Congress. And now it's ended up that you know that, that shop is almost running twenty-four-seven. It seems like you know they get their little week or two, a month vacation here and there and stuff, but now it's a full-time occupation form and they get paid for it when originally it wasn't even a paid position you know they were doing their duty to the country right and i see what things, you're saying you know, but people, it's just people why
3: why is i'm sorry go ahead no go ahead okay i was going to say why is the federal uh, register something that we have to research when they are here to serve us, so they say. And this, like, you well, know, they they sent, like, they sent her tickets. I'm sure that she said that they, they sent her summons and things like that. Why aren't they as adamant about sending things that pertain to the Federal Register, new laws and things like that? That would be sufficient notice as far as I'm concerned.
2: Because it's inherently corrupt.
3: Mm-hmm. Because you really can't, I mean, I know that the three days for the newspaper is, they say that's notice, and yes, legally you can say that, but lawfully it's not notice until the person receives it. Just like um, if you have court, they're not going to publish it, your court date in the newspaper. There'd be a thousand warrants. They're going to send you a, uh,
2: something to your home address. You see what I mean? Well, what
0: happened? What happened with the United States of America is really what the Founding Fathers did not want to happen. Um, that, that was uh, part of what occurred with the Revolutionary War was that the Capitol was burned down because they stunned the 13th Amendment, um, which was the Titles Nobility Act, saying that no one holding a title of nobility, such as Esquire, was allowed to participate in government in any way, shape, or form. And right. the powers that they knew the direction they wanted to head in, they knew ultimate what their ultimate goal was. And that would have been a huge, um, stumbling stone to them. And um, it, it'd be way bigger, than just a stumbling block. It'd be a brick wall for them. And so they couldn't have that. And so that was gotten rid of. And so that's what our founding fathers didn't want to have happen because they knew what attorneys do. Um, they a turn, you know. They turn you over. That, you know, they, they they trade you in the first chance they get. And so that's not what they wanted. Well, unfortunately, that is what happened, though. Attorneys got into the mix. If you look at um, the House of Representatives and the Senate today, you're gonna find that probably like 85% of them are all uh, bar members of one shape, form, fashion, or another. And what they Ended up doing and bringing in it goes back to what I've said about um, that film with George Griffin who wrote uh, Creature from Jekyll Island and he called it Rings Within Rings. Well, what those rings are are private membership associations, and that's what they set up. And that's why people are you know being accused of practicing law you know in court and stuff like that is because. They've got their own little closed shop there, which is their private membership association, and you're not a member of it. Um, uh, it, it, It's like you going and putting together a football team and then going and trying to step on the field, you know, to play in an NFL game. The NFL is going to say, hey, you're not a member of us. What are you doing here?
4: You know (laughs) (laughs) We're
0: going to kick your ass, which is what they do to us in court. You know what I mean? Um, oh. Like i said before, like like I said before, you know, didn't our grandmothers tell us that uh, nothing good happens in the bar? You know,
3: <laughs> right.
0: But we're, we're yeah, but we're not a part of it. You know, we're not a part of that association. If you look into it, there is the prosecutors' private membership association. There is the defense attorneys' private membership association. There is the judges' private membership association. that's council judges. Uh, They're actually based in Italy, in Rome, Italy. Um, uh, There's the clerk courts. There's the clerks' association. So you've got all of these little rings um, lightly joined together, all these rings of little PMAs, and that's what is controlling everything. When you look around you, you're going to see homeowners' associations, there's doctors' associations, uh, as a chiropractor, there's a chiropractors' association. I mean, everything is fit into an association. And the reason why, and then you look at the DMV being a private membership association. This goes back to the ruling that the Supreme Court made, where the Supreme Court said that this falls directly under your right to assemble, and that there is absolutely nothing wrong with a private membership association. It falls under your right to assemble. And so from there, they grabbed that little piece of the Constitution They operate underneath that with their PMA, and the Supreme Court said that it's okay in that PMA if their rules and codes are different from the Constitution because they've separated themselves from it. They're not part of that. It's a different organization, and if people want to join that other organization, that's fine, but now you're submitting to those rules and regulations of that association.
3: That's true, but in in their association they're still not allowed to violate that constitution. And that's what no, no, doing. not so.
4: true.
0: No, that wasn't the ruling of the Supreme Court. Supreme Court <laughs> said they can have their own rules and regulations in there. It doesn't have to follow the line of the Constitution. Where, no, where can no, they
4: the Now, you,
0: no, you can't commit capital offenses or anything like that or crimes against humanity. You can't do things like that within a PMA.
2: Right, but that's what they're doing. Well, they're, they're not really think? putting people to death.
0: I mean, it's a PMA. I mean, not at least on a daily basis.
3: Oh, they, sure, they put people to death every day. They do it all the
4: time. Well, that,
0: those, yeah, those are generally the capital offenses. Uh, they've kind of tried to go back and follow the Constitution as far as the ruling of a jury, you know, and how the indictment works and all that. You get into a a more pure sense of how things are supposed to be run when you get into the higher level courts. The lower level courts are so, so filthy with what we would think to be corruption. It's crazy. I mean, they're so far off base from the original intent of the founding fathers. But, they're essentially allowed to do it because they are their own association. Um, and that's why people say, you know what, if you have an issue or whatever with quarter, you send them a letter. No, no thank you t- for the invite. You are your own group of people, and I'm not a member of your society. So, I mean, when I uh, rescinded my voters' registration, uh, they gave me the name of the guy that was going to be in charge of making sure that I was taken off the rolls. And I called him about a month later, and I and, you know, I just wanted to confirm that I had been taken off their voters' registration rules. And essentially the only thing that I said in my letter was that I've just seen too much corruption and I don't want to be part of your political society. That's what it boiled down to. And he looked at his computer screen and he said, oh, I see right here it shows you're no longer Sorry, a resident. Sorry, guys, I
3: got disconnected. Sorry.
0: Sorry about that there. But, uh, yeah, so he said, yeah, it shows right here you're no longer a resident. Well, I never said anything in there that I was moving or nothing like that. And I said, well, can I get a printout of it? And he said, sure. So I went and got a printout of it from him. And right up there, it showed um, where my address is, the current address and everything like that. But somehow, when he looked at that and saw that I was no longer on the voter registration rolls, to him, that translated into I was not a resident anymore. And when I received a summons for a jury, I sent that as a piece of my evidence along with them saying I'm not a member of your political society and they wrote me back and said um, I'll never be summoned for jury again but those are little steps that you have to take just to, to remove yourself from their society I mean, so to me uh, that would be something that I would use if I was to receive like a summons for court or anything it, I would send that along to them and say hey you've got your own little political society I'm not a member of it you know uh, no thanks to your invite because we're, and like everybody has, you've always heard it said, that we're not really supposed to be in their courts, and we're not. It's it's their own club, and we're supposed to stay out of it. Or Let them go ahead, the way I look at it, let them go ahead and fight the fights they're going to fight. There's nothing you can do about it that's going to continue. Uh, just don't count me as being a piece on your game board. That's
2: the way I look
3: at it, too, but when... Um... When you can't use their courts, and their courts are the only thing standing, because if any of us were to have our own court, God knows what would happen if if we tried to do that. But um, what we way, do, we, have our own court. we do have
5: our you own do? court. You do? Yes, it's the court of record. If you determine you de- uh, designate the court in your paperwork, court of record, superior court. Most people are filing. I have one pending that's going to have a judgment written on it um any moment and it's filed in the federal court and we do that typically because as a general rule the federal judges tend to be a little bit better behaved they have no jurisdiction no authority to move on the case in any way now in my case the u.s magistrate judge did just write up uh, a recommendation to the u.s district judge who has submitted an order to adopt those recommendations. And I phoned the court clerk and advised him that should he move forward and file that as the document states, that he will actually be committing a crime himself and he should not. He should stand down. And he said, well, submit the paperwork. I said, it's forthcoming. But I just, you know, I basically did what one justice I know says. When it comes to your rights being violated like this, you, when, when they start to try and take control of your court, you treat that m- m- not misbehaving administrator as the bum that he's trying to be. Just like if somebody walked in off the street, sat in your favorite chair, and ordered you to go make him a sandwich and bring him a beer, you'd say, get the hell out of here. And that's what you do. You mm-hmm. have, have that same sort of indignance about any interference in your action. So that's why I felt you know, uh, co- completely comfortable calling that clerk and advising him, he moves forward at his own peril.
3: Hmm. So you say the court of record is um, to be filed in federal court or is it or just you can, court of record? You can,
5: you can file it in any court technically. It's it's created by virtue of your paperwork. You You designate it as a court of record and that means de facto hands off so it's only um there actually is a court of record call that's held on fridays at uh, eight eastern um if you like i can give that number but
3: okay yeah
5: let me just look it up in my contacts real quick here okay Uh, it's an 800 number there's no there's no pin you just call right in
0: Yeah, that's Justice Mickey. She's really good.
5: Yes. So well, that number is area code eight six six two eight seven zero
3: two four eight.
5: and that's five Pacific eight Eastern.: No access code.:
0: And if you want to look back uh, through my talk shoe, um, I've got an interview with uh, Justice Mickey. As well, on uh, how to establish a court of record.
4: Oh, great.
2: But yeah, it's just
5: we've always had this court. It never went away, but they just, it was one of those things that they, uh, you know, started hiding from us, and this Patriot movement is bringing it back. And they cannot overcome the paperwork. They Some of the uh, attorneys will try and butt in. And unless they are a party to the action, they cannot. So what you simply do is, if it's if it's an attorney acting on behalf of another, you give what many justices are doing is, or uh, plaintiffs are offering uh, or explaining that they will accept a uh, they will give them a conditional order of, of acceptance, provided they present the court with a copy of their bar. License to practice law. <laughs> well, basically, their status with a bar, their license, a copy of their license to practice law, and their FARA registration. And they must be a party, which, and they must be a party to the action.
0: <laughs> which, of course, we know they can't provide.
5: Exactly, and not a single one has come back with another piece of paper. Nothing. Crickets.
0: Yep, exactly. Too funny. Yeah, that's actually kind of the fourth branch, the fourth forgotten branch
2: That's what Scalia said. yep the
5: only the that's big the problem we're having branch. right now is the enforcement of the judgment, so you know they've got more guns than we do right now, but that's going to change
3: exactly that's exactly what I was saying that the judgments are, are you know we have them, but there's um you know, they have all the weapons.
5: There are liens. We can always, you know, um, file liens.
3: Right. But is that using their paperwork? See, I don't use any of their paperwork. No. (laughs) (laughs) There's different people.
5: um, A lot of the people working on this are pursuing different types of liens. Some have done commercial liens, uh, but some are advocating only common law liens. Others are doing international liens. I think Walt. Walt is Walt still on the call? I think he has knowledge uh, of a lien, of a lien that's being negotiated with the state of Nevada. If it's still in negotiations, but there's actually uh, there's actually some communication between parties going on on that negotiation, or there was. Don't know the status.
0: Oh, he's on the board. I think
5: I think if he's the same Walter, I'm pretty sure that he knows about it.
2: Maybe he could speak to that a little bit. Hello. Walter? Hey, Walt? what's up? Yeah. Not him. Yeah, this is Walter. Okay. I think
3: the lady had a question for you. I, I don't <laughs> she she said something about an internet international lien.
1: Oh yeah, with the United the United States of America. They have a uh international lien, I'm um, not lien, but an international tort claim going. And it's on the website. I it take me a minute to go back to it, but I signed up with that and put my own um claim in, not a full one, just a partial one. And mm-hmm. uh letting them know how I've been trafficking uh, about the uh, intangible rights and a few other things that I put in there. And then um, I I joined with that. Now, uh, it tells us that when you join this, it doesn't mean that you're going to be called in for, uh, for uh, your tort claim, but you can be part of it, or you can be used as evidence with their tort claim, or you can be called into a uh, international um, session with them to discuss the claims. So it can work three ways.
4: Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Well, guys, I'm... we're just over the two hour mark here, so. Oh,
3: that was already two hours? My God.
0: <laughs> yep. Not just what you want to finish up with, uh, Walter, go ahead. <clears throat>
2: Okay. Oh, Hello? Maybe. Yeah. Hello. Yeah, oh,
0: here. yeah if there's something you want to finish up with there, Walter, go ahead. I was saying we, a little over the two-hour mark, so I was going to get ready to wrap
1: it up. Oh, I'm about ready to wrap it up, too. I have somebody else on another line that I'm helping walk through their resident declaration to show them how to get started on this government. I do that a lot now. Cool.
0: <laughs> Good deal. Good deal. All right guys. Well uh very okay. interesting. Thank, call you, thank uh, you, Brian. Uh thank you, the lady. lady. I don't
3: know your name. Oh. Rebecca. Uh Rebecca. Thanks. Thanks, everybody.
5: I- I'm also one of the four national grand jury administrators.
3: Oh, okay. Oh, my God, that's good. God. Okay.
1: All right,
4: All right everyone. Y'all. Thank we'll you. Good and, night.
1: Good night, everybody. Jackson, bro. Okay, good night. See you all next like, Sunday
0: at so. 7.
2: Nighty-night. All right, bye.
0: Bye-bye. Bye, guys.